This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships are hard, especially the most important one, the relationship you have with yourself. Visit betterhelp.com super and see if how you treat yourself can use some work. This video will contain spoilers for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Hey brother, who is Credence's mother? What was the giant monster scorpion thing in the cave that tried to kill Newt? And what is the deal with Jacob's wand? Like I know Newt said it didn't have a core, but if it's made of snake wood, I am telling you, it is important. Do you guys hear the rain? It's raining. Secrets of Dumbledore did finally answer some age old questions. Like was Ariana an Obscurus? Yes, confirmed. Is Credence actually a Dumbledore? Confirmed. Was the explanation good? Are Newt and Tina the cutest couple in the entire wizarding world? Confirmed. I mean, we didn't really need further proof of that, but it was really nice of Eddie and Catherine to just like double down on it anyway. But as ever, whenever we seem to get a few solid answers to some questions, they just come with even more unanswered questions. So today we are counting down our top five unanswered questions from Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Guys, before we dive into our top five unanswered questions, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, HelloTushy.com. Guys, you ever stop and think how crazy it is that in 2022, we have high-speed internet, electric cars, celebrities going to space, and yet we still clean ourselves with toilet paper? Isn't there a better, more modern way than the technology <coughs> toilet paper that our Victorian brethren used? In fact, there is a better way, and it's the Hello Tushy bidet. Rhymes. Honestly, guys, out of all the fun modern gadgets I have at my house, from the air fryer to my VR headset to my Apple Peeler Core Slicer, the Hello Tushy Bidet is the absolute MVP because it somehow manages to be such a luxurious yet simple piece of technology that can attach to your toilet in less than eight minutes. And it cuts your toilet paper use down by 80% so you can save money on toilet paper and on paper waste. Plus, you finally get to feel like a citizen of the future of 2022 also known as the present. So take care of your business the cleaner, modern way by heading over to hellotoshi.com super to save 10% and get free shipping. One more time, that's hellotoshi.com super to get 10% off your order plus free shipping. Link is in the description down below. All right, secrets of Dumbledore, it is time to unravel your secrets. And let's start with what actually even was the creature in the cave? This is a question that has been baffling the Harry Potter community since the first trailer dropped. Like it's giant and has a giant scorpion tail that could shoot fire out of it, but what is it? Like you'd think the illustrated Fantastic Beast book they dropped to go along with the series would include giant monsters that Newt encountered in the series, but well, you, well, you'd be wrong about that. Now, if you're a longtime Potter fan, there was one creature in particular that seemed to fit the bill for what we were seeing, and that is the infamous Blast Ended Scroot. And on the one hand, that was really exciting because despite being a huge part of Goblet of Fire and the third task in the Triwizard Tournament, the Blast Ended Scroots were inexplicably left out of the movies. I mean, at least we got scary hedges, am I right? Uh, uh, no, weren't even that scary. On the other hand though, while the thought of seeing a blast ended screw was very exciting, it was kind of a mixed bag because one of the other cool features of the screws is that Hagrid invented them by breeding a fire crab with a manticore. I should not have said that. But if it turned out they actually existed way back in the 1930s, then Hagrid didn't invent a new creature. He just accidentally recreated a bad mistake. And like, why you gotta attack Hagrid's street cred like that, man? I'm just kidding, as if you could ever damage that. 
mean, that guy just oozes swag. Alas, in the movie itself, it turns out the creature is living in a cave-style prison that is completely off the book. So as I was watching it, I was thinking, okay, maybe this is a way for the Scroot to have existed, but also to secure Hagrid's legacy. But alas, alas, the entire scene plays out and we never find out what the creature was at all. Like Newt never says it out loud, never tells us what it is. But not to worry, we have hunted it down. On the Warner Brothers Japanese YouTube page, we found an interview with Fantastic Beast producer, David Heyman, who says, smaller manticores that he comes across. Boom, manticores. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, are manticores supposed to have like a man's head and a lion's body? And then also, yes, the scorpion tail? Yes, you would be correct. In fact, Newt himself describes them that way in this book, maybe you've heard of it's called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And look, Manticore, head of a man, body of a lion, scorpion tail. What gives? What gives? Why are you describing it so incorrectly, Newt? I have no idea, but the more we watch these movies, I'm actually convinced Newt is actively spreading misinformation about certain beasts in the name of protecting said beasts. Like the Zowu and Crimes of Grindelwald or the Chillin in this movie are not in this book at all, and yet are obviously fantastic beasts he encounters. Whatever. Point is, the monster is nothing more than a very liberal interpretation of a manticore. Mystery solved. Next up, what is Newt's beef with Theseus? This issue was introduced to us in Crimes of Grindelwald, where we learned that Leta was Newt's best friend, but now she's engaged to Theseus. But then by all accounts, it also seems like Leta maybe still has feelings for Newt. It's also revealed to us that Theseus is a war hero, and we of course know that Newt is much more of a pacifist. The Greek hero of Theseus is best known for slaying the mythical Minotaur, and of course we know that Newt loves mythical beasts. Plus, when Tina does this, Newt says, I think that might have been the best moment of my life. And then it continues in this movie. When Newt has gathered the whole team on the train, he goes around and is so excited to introduce everybody to everybody until he gets to Theseus, where he's like, ah, this is my brother. Theseus. It appears like he's not a fan of his new position at the British Ministry of Magic where he is the head of the ore department, but then it turns out Tina has the exact same position at Makuza. It's just like very odd because his brother seems to be the only area in Newt's entire life where he possesses even an ounce of hypocrisy, but then he also doesn't really seem to be that miffed to be working with him in this movie or saving him from the manticore. But like, what is the deal? Do you guys like each other or not? What is the source of the beef? Like by all accounts, it seems like Theseus should be the one having beef with Newt. And yet it's definitely the other way. I mean, in the last movie, Lita's final words are- I love you. And it's unclear who she's talking to. And then she dies. I'd be mad. My bet and hope is that while we've been unraveling a lot of the Dumbledore story, there's still a lot of Newt Scamander story to be unraveled. And I really hope we get to see that in the next couple of movies. Moving on though, next question is, is the prophecy still in play? In case you need a refresher, most of the plot in Crimes of Grindelwald is driven forward by a prophetic poem written by Tycho Dodonis that reads, a son truly banished despair of the daughter. Return, great avenger, with wings from the water. In particular, Yusuf Kama subscribes to this idea hard, believing Credence to be the son cruelly banished, Lita to be the daughter who despairs, and himself to be the great avenger. His plan is to kill Credence and avenge his father, whose wife was stolen away from him by Corvus Lestrange. However, this turns out not to be true because Lita reveals that the cruelly banished son, Corvus Lestrange, actually never made it across the ocean and perished at sea. So it seems like 
like the prophecy is still unresolved and going into the movie, we very much thought it would still be in play, especially because there are some serious candidates to fill all the roles. We learned that Credence could be a Dumbledore, which he then is confirmed to be. So in fact, he could still be the banished son. And then Ariana could obviously be the daughter who despaired. Then in the trailers, we saw appearing behind the logos, a phoenix made out of what looks like water. So wings from the water. Combine that with the fact that we saw a phoenix appear at the end of the last movie and a baby drowned at sea. And the fact that when Albus's tomb goes up in flames at the end of Half-Blood Prince, Harry thinks he sees a phoenix emerge from the smoke. It just felt like, you know, we had a lot of pieces in play for the phoenix that appeared at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald to somehow be the baby who was lost at sea. Because remember the trailer, water phoenix, wings from the water, died in the water, Phoenix Kate, like it's all there, do you see it? Apparently we're the only ones who do see it though because the prophecy was given no acknowledgement at all in this movie, nor was the water Phoenix behind the logo. At this point, it feels like the entire idea has been abandoned and like just that, that was the Crimes of Grindelwald thing. We're past that now. But like typically you don't bring up a prophecy unless it's going to come to pass. And I just think it would be super cool if that the baby that was lost at sea and Credence still had some sort of intermingled connection connection, but I guess we'll see. In the meantime though, let's tackle a really fun question from this movie, which is what's the deal with Jacob's wand? And this was one of the huge things from the trailers where we see Newt giving Jacob an assumed muggle a wand. What did this mean? Is he actually capable of magic or was this all just a ruse, a bluff? Well, as far as Newt is concerned, it totally was a bluff. He says outright to Jacob that the wand has no core inside of it. And sure enough, all of the magic we see the wand do is actually being performed by Lolly off screen. So the whole point of him having wand was actually just to confuse Grindelwald, right? Well, actually, only maybe. Because although Newt claims it doesn't have a core, the movie goes out of its way twice to mention to us, the audience, that the wand is made out of the very rare snake wood. And that might not mean much to you, but in Fantastic Beasts, it does have some significance because it turns out none other than Salazar Slytherin himself's wand was made of snake wood. Which let me just say, we know for sure it's not that wand. That wand was buried at Ilvermorny where it grew into a tree whose limbs cannot be cut and whose leaves have healing powers. That said though, we only know any of this information because of an article that was published on Pottermore in conjunction with the release of Fantastic Beasts 1, making it feel like that information is relevant to this story. Especially when you consider that Jacob is from America, which is where Ilvermorny is. And on top of that, Slytherin's wand had a very unique ability, which was the ability to be put to sleep by Slytherin himself at his command by speaking parcel mouth to it, which effectively would turn the wand off, turning it into nothing more than a simple stick of snake wood. But do you see where I'm going with this? Like what if Jacob's wand isn't coreless? It's just sleeping. But so what does that mean? Is Jacob going to end up to be a parcel mouth? Well, I doubt it. I think Jacob is definitely confirmed to be a muggle and a, you know, Hufflepuff squib at best. But there is one character in these movies who we have seen speaking to a snake. 
Credence. Now granted, we only ever see him talking to her in her human form, and it's difficult to say what it means in terms of talking to a snake, like how far is she into the transformation of becoming permanently a snake? But for her part, Nagini only ever talks to Credence, and it actually lines up pretty well with our next question. Who is Credence's mother. Now, obviously the big, big reveal in this movie is that Aberforth is Credence's father. Of course, leaving us all wondering, okay, but then so like, who's the mother? And honestly, this question deserves its whole own video and it will get one, but we are gonna explore one avenue today along the lines of the parcel mouth theory. Assuming that that's true, that Credence can talk to snakes and is a parcel mouth, it also then pretty much has to mean that Credence is a descendant of Slytherin because those are the only known characters we see who can talk to snakes and Harry. But his reason's a little bit complicated. He was attacked as a baby and a piece of the Dark Lord's soul got split away from the Dark Lord and trapped inside of him, effectively making him a horcrux and anchoring him to life. It's a very weird thing. Point is, Harry can talk to snakes. You get it, you don't need me to explain it. Anyway, point is, if this is true, it also means that Credence is actually then related to Voldemort in some way, likely his uncle, but like, is that even possible? <laughs> well, maybe. In order for it to be true, his mother needs to be a gaunt, the last known living relatives of Slytherin who we know can speak to snakes. We also know that Credence was conceived in 1899, the same year as the three-way duel that killed Ariana. Meaning the only available gaunt of age at the time we know of is Marvolo gaunt. But obviously it's not him because we know the father is Aberforth. So it would pretty much have to be the case that unbeknownst to us, Marvolo Gaunt either had a female sister or cousin. And that said sister or cousin also has a sister because the woman on the boat with Credence going to America is labeled as Credence's aunt. So is it possible Marvolo had two female family members we never learned of that both died? Well. Yeah. I mean, for one, we at least know the aunt dies at sea trying to save who she thinks is Credence, but is actually Corvus Lestrange. Plus, the fact that he's traveling with his aunt and not his mother also kind of suggests that maybe something went wrong in childbirth, like maybe she died. Not uncommon in the Gaunt family. Plus, Marvolo himself could also then be the reason why Credence was being sent to America because Aberforth is actually a half-blood and we know Marvolo is like a pure-blood fanatic. So you have to think he might have been considered a threat to the baby. That said, that is but one possibility for who Credence's mother could be and there are many. If you don't think we have a very confusing looking whiteboard right over there right now, you'd be dead wrong. But in order to see those theories, you have to tune in to a future video. So be on the lookout. Guys, what other unanswered questions do you have from Secrets of Dumbledore? Let me know all of them in the towel section down below. If you haven't liked this video yet, please remember to do so and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter action from us. If you wanna see our review of Secrets of Dumbledore, you can click right here, but otherwise, until next time, Ben, I will see you in another life.